Welcome to Anchored with Mike Robinson. As you listen today, you will discover what it means to have Jesus Christ as the anchor of your soul. Let's discover him and find purpose today. In Acts chapter 16 and verses 9 through 10, it says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. You know, I know a lot of people are disturbed. In my own mind, I walk around so many times and I tell people jokingly, I I look at the news some days and I walk around shaking my head out loud. You know, I I want to touch on this thing of of being disturbed. You know, I, I understand we are disturbed, but I started having this thought one day in prayer. How much of what I am disturbed about is a, is the same thing that God's disturbed about? You know, and I, I got this topic. We need to be divinely disturbed. We need to walk around disturbed about the things God is truly concerned about. That's when I got this scripture in Acts 16 in verses 9 through 10. Paul, in the night, um, there was a vision that appeared to him. God disturbed Paul in his sleep. And I really believe this is prophetic for this time in our, in our world, that in his sleep, the Lord woke him up. You know, that's what God wants to do with the church all over this world. When we talk about what the world needs, the world really needs awakening. And Leonard Ravenhill said this, the biggest tragedy is a sick church in a dying world. People want awakening in America. But when the church wakes up, the nation will follow. And I believe that uh, Leonard Ravenhill was right on with these remarks, that it's the church that needs to awaken out of its sleep. You know, we can't put do not disturb signs on the doors of our hearts for God to read. Wow, you know, when we think about that, don't disturb us, God, that that makes us want to repent right there. You know, most of us like comfortable and doable, but I'm hearing this in my spirit today. Learn to live comfortable being uncomfortable. We can all say, I got too much going on to worry about my neighbor. I got too much uh, going on to share my story with somebody. I got too much going on to help someone. I've got too much going on to, to love this person or to love that person or go out of my way to help this person or that person. And what we're really saying in, in our minds, whether we say it out loud or not, or whether we get before God and say it, and I don't believe there's, there's any of us that's going to sit down and, and pray and say, God, you know, just hands off. But we don't have to say it out loud. In our hearts, um, we're saying, do not disturb. Because honestly, we start making excuses um, at the prompting of the Holy Spirit to go see people or to take extra time with people or to witness to people when really God is, is wanting to awaken us out of our sleep. You know, the Lord began to speak to my heart. Many people in the, in the church in this, in this hour have said, bless me, God, but don't bother me. That, that, that may sound searing, and I'm not trying to be mean uh, or anything. I'm just, I'm just wanting awakening, not only in my life, but across this world. I want to see awakening, and really, I'm just keeping it real. You know, so many times as a pastor, I feel like I'm bothering people. You know, it's like, do not disturb. Whether it's said or not, we get that feeling many times that, that we're doing all we can do. So please don't disturb us. But I can tell you the hour, the hour is late and we must wake up. The church 
must awaken. We need an awakening. We can't put do not disturb on our lives and expect revival. You know, revival will disturb us. Revival turns things upside down. The Bible says in Acts chapter 17, it says, those that have turned the world upside down have come here also. You know, that's what needs to take place. With an awakened church, there's a there's a, a, a an upturning of the world system. There's a there's a there's a turning over of the powers of darkness. There's a there's a turning of men from darkness to light. There's there's a turn that that takes place. But to, in order to have that, I believe that we must uh, we must be able to allow God to disturb us. He must be able to awaken us in the night. He he must be able to call us to different places where we're, we weren't headed, but but where. We, he wants us to go and where we go out of our way to reach the lost, you know, where we begin to pray for them, where we begin to think about ways to reach them, to serve them, to warn them, to fast for them, to reach them at any cost. You know, I, I recently had our church take, um, take a card, a piece of paper and write down the names of people they were praying for and prodigal sons and daughters that need to come home. And we started, we started praying every week in our midweek service. And I I challenged people to let us empty seat at their dinner table and put the name of that person and put that card there at the dinner table, save a seat for them and believe God that one day they would sit with them and be a child of God and, and sit with them at that table. And I, I asked them to begin to envision that by faith to see prodigals coming home. And we started uh, shortly after that, three or four weeks after that, we began to see five or six prodigals come home. And I believe it was directly attributed to those that, that being able to be disturbed and I asked them to take that, that card with them with their name everywhere. Take it with them in the car. Take it with them to work. Take it with them every day to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Bring it to church. And I asked them to begin to pray for these people. And I think it was because we were deliberate about being disturbed for these prodigals. It wasn't a big thing. It was just simply something that was out of the ordinary. It was just simply something that wasn't comfortable that we began to do that. And it's so amazing to me to look back and uh, be praying on a Wednesday or a Sunday morning with our congregation together and look back and see people as we pray, holding their cards to their heart, clutching onto the cards. I I remember one instance just recently, just seeing a mother of, of a son just holding that card with her son's name on it close to her chest. And lo and behold, um, two weeks later, her son um, miraculously was able to be with her in the service. And to me, that's, that's just God. That's just God. When we say we want to do something that will, will allow God to disturb us, he will. You know, one time, I was in church and, you know, sometimes we, we get caught up on, you know, the service has to be over at this time. One day, you know, the Lord began to move in the service and it began to be an hour past um, the time of our normal, the normal time we let out of church service. And, and it was running an hour past, an hour and a half past. And, you know, the Lord began to deal with my heart because I was standing there and I'd lost just being in the presence of God and began to be concerned about whether people wanted to go home or not, or, you know, what they were thinking about, about the service going so long over. And instead of just enjoying the presence of God, I began to get concerned. And all of a sudden out of that situation, the Lord began to speak to my heart and said, Mike, if, if I can't disturb you at church, how am I ever going to disturb your everyday life? How am I ever going to disturb you at work? And it really convicted me. 
And I said, no more, Lord, not again. I, I say, move however you want to move. Um, Lord, I, I just open the door. This is your church. I allow you to do what you want. And I allow you to disturb me and disturb my life and disturb the other people's lives in this church. And God, as a leader, if I can't do that, then I could never expect people to uh, want to, to allow you to disturb them if I won't allow you to disturb our church service or or my life individually. We, we need to have churches that are interested in glorifying Jesus. We need to have churches that are interested in reaching the lost and making disciples. Not a selfish church, but a church that's disturbed, not, not only about the news, but we're divinely disturbed by the hand of God. We're divinely disturbed about the things of God. We're disturbed that our neighbors don't know Jesus. We're disturbed that our friends don't know Jesus. We're disturbed that people in other countries don't know Jesus. You know, the harvest is white. The hour is too late to wait. Um, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ and his power is the same in 2021 as it was in 1921. You know, as we look about this year uh, going by so fast in 2021, I know that we need the power of Jesus to come and awaken the church. And so it's time today that we rip off the do not disturb signs of our hearts. And we say, God, come disturb us, divinely disturb us. The world around us uh, my friends, is, is like Macedonia. And God is awakening us to go to Macedonia. They're saying, come here. Come, come over here. Preach the gospel to us. Let us hear the word of God. Now is the time to awaken. Now is the time to be disturbed, divinely disturbed. Instead of walking around upset at the news, instead of walking around feeling hopeless and helpless at everything that's going on, we need to be proactive. The church is on offense, not defense. We need to be proactive and we need to be divinely disturbed and we need to get up with being disturbed and we need to take action. And when we take action, that's true love. Love is an action word, I believe. When we say we love our neighbor, it's an action word. We need to go and show them. We need to go and, and do something. And, and now is the time. If there ever was a time, now is the time to do that. You know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, he says, therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father in heaven. Well, I think most of us understand the power of confessing Christ. It's how we get saved. Then it's also how we progressively get sanctified. We are put in situations in our everyday lives, whether we're going to confess Christ or we're going to deny him, whether we're going to stand up or whether we're going to sit down. You know, we need to make that decision very clear today that we're going to stand no matter what, that we won't bow down to the false gods of this world. We won't bow down to idols. We won't bow down to secular humanism. We won't bow down to a postmodern culture and their ideologies. And we won't bow down to these things, but we'll only bow our knee to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. You know, the reward for confessing Christ is something the church needs to understand. When we confess Christ, he confesses us. You know how powerful that is? It makes me so thankful today. The vast majority of the world around us do not know Jesus. When they stand before Jesus, they'll hear, depart from me. I never knew you. And if we don't do something, if we don't wake up, that, that'll be the result of their life. 
But I can tell you one reason I'm on here today, one reason I do these podcasts and these broadcasts, one reason I do it is because I want to reach the unreached. I want to reach the people that do not know Jesus. You know, we must press on. We must press on today for our children and our grandchildren. We can't start in the spirit today, church, and end in the flesh. We have to say, God, come and divinely disturb us. You know, when Christ confesses us after we confess him, it's such a beautiful thing. It's so beautiful to imagine standing before God and the accuser of the brethren would come and begin to accuse us with all types of things that we've done in our past. And then in walks Jesus and says, he's forgiven. He's mine. He's confessed me or she's confessed me and I confess them now. And then we're, (laughs) he says, enter in to the joy of your salvation. That's what I want for every single person in this world. I want, I want them to know that not just that they were created by God, but I want them to know God. I want them to know the creator of the universe, the creator of life, the creator of all the nations of the world, the creator of the galaxies and the stars. I want them to know the creator, and I want them to confess him now, confess Jesus Christ now before it's too late, and understand that no matter what we might go through, that Christ will confess us. And when he confesses us, everything else pales in comparison to that. You'll never be picked for any job. You'll never be picked for any school. You'll never be picked for any promotion. You'll never be picked for any appointment in life, no matter how prestigious. You'll never be, a, you'll never be appointed to anything like being appointed to being a member of the kingdom of heaven. You know, Jesus is coming soon. I believe he's coming back for a glorious bride without spot or without blemish. I believe that God's uh, made us here to help people be ready to stay anchored in Jesus, to get anchored and to stay anchored. And today I ask you to get before God and make sure that the do not disturb sign is off of your heart. Make sure that your heart is wide open to God. Make sure wherever you're at in this world, that when you lay down tonight, you say, God, you can awaken me tonight in my sleep, and you can call me to my neighbor, to a nation, to a friend, to a, to a position, to a place, and God, I'll be obedient to you because, God, you're worthy of it all, and I bow my knee to you today. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you today for everyone listening, and we pray this message has touched and changed every life. Thanks for tuning in today. You can find us at anchorchurch.live. Please let us know you're listening by filling out the digital connection card on our website. Again, that's anchorchurch.live. Remember, stand firm, stay anchored to Jesus, and you will weather any storm.